Greetings and welcome to a Friday the 13th episode of the Big Deep Podcast. Before I bring in today's special guest, please subscribe, like, share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. Usually we talk about sports, but uh, today we're going to do things a little different. Uh, for anybody who's who lives in particularly Southwest Florida, whether it be Captiva, Punta Gorda, Arcadia, or somewhere in Southwest Florida, Friday, August 13th, 2004 is a day that will be edged in stone forever because that's where Hurricane Charlie came to, came to Florida. Yes, her, has it really been 17 years since Charlie came? Sure hasn't felt like 17 years, but today, actually, within like an hour on this day in 2004, Charlie began decimating Southwest Florida, first hitting Captiva and the Barrier Islands, then hitting Punta Gorda before hitting Arcadia, even making landfalls near Orlando and Daytona and uh, It's a storm that we will not, that we will not soon forget. And uh, joining me is a fellow who uh, witnessed Charlie's fury and a punter called uh, Scott Keebler. Scott was a uh, photojournalist with the uh, Tampa Bay Times and witnessed uh, Charlie's wrath in a punter called Scott. <laughs> Friday the 13th origins edge in history for you, right? Yes, it is forever etched in my mind. Yeah. So, uh, before Charlie, how many storms had you uh, seen in person or covered? Well, I worked for the Times for 34 years uh, in all different offices in Tampa Bay, and I, I think if you throw in the tropical storms, I covered about 20 storms total, about three or four major hurricanes, and I got got caught in one charlie right in the eye wall yep yeah so going into so let's just say that week uh were you originally positioned in punta gorda where were you actually positioned because you were not originally assigned the charlotte county no i was uh my newsroom um, news editors sent myself and a reporter to down to fort myers in lee county and uh we had dinner and I remember distinctly, we had dinner in a Mexican restaurant. And when we finished up, um, my phone rang. I had a flip phone back in those days. And uh, the editor said, uh, hey, we want you to move up. We've got you a room in Punta Gorda in the Holiday Inn on Charlotte Harbor. And we want you and the reporter to hang out there for the night. You're going to be kind of like the southern flank of coverage for us because they thought at that time that Charlie, Hurricane Charlie was going to hit the Tampa Bay area or north. So we thought, okay, that's fine. So we got in our cars and drove up to Punta Gorda and the room was there waiting for us. We had a nice room on Charlotte Harbor up on the second floor with a balcony and the reporter and I had a bourbon or two and a cigar and we thought, wow, this is the life. Fantastic. Uh, and we'll be the, you know, kind of, kind of the cleanup guys uh, on the southern end of the storm. And uh, 
we went to bed and uh, woke up the next morning and uh, we went to breakfast at the International House of Pancakes in uh, Punta Gorda and we walked in and the place was full of um, linemen from it was called Pike Pikes I think line company and they were there and they were going to head to Tampa to kind of supplement uh, Duke Energy. I think it was Duke Energy then uh, for, you know, power outages and stuff. So we had our breakfast. We just kind of hung out and relaxed. And we drove back to the Holiday Inn and we got into the parking lot. And that's when we knew the first indication that something was wrong because the Punta Gorda, I think it was the Punta Gorda cops or the Charlotte Charlotte County Sheriff's Department guy was in his cruiser with a bullhorn telling people they had to evacuate. And I said, and I, I, I said to the reporter, what the heck is going on here? So we went over to the police officer and he goes, the storm is starting to turn towards here. So we're telling people to get out of here. And so the reporter and I, you know, we're, we're starting to panic a little bit. And we're now we now we're thinking, well, where do we go? This may be like the center of it all. So the reporter said, hey, why don't we find a place in downtown Punta Gorda to hang out? Maybe we can hide somewhere in a building or whatever. And I said, no, nah, I don't think that's a good idea just to hang out on the street. We need to get a more of a secure place. So we went to the EOC Center in Punta Gorda, and when we got there, the cops, the, the sheriff's officers, and everybody were coming out of the building like fire ants exploding out of a out of a hive in the ground. And I was like, well, what's going on here? So we flagged down a, an officer and said, what's going on? And he goes, they're evacuating the EOC because they don't think it's going to hold in the storm. And I'm like, what, are you kidding me? And I said, "Where are you guys going?" And he goes, "We're going to the Charlotte. We're going to Punta Gorda Airport. I guess that's the Charlotte County Airport." Uh, so we dilly dallied around a little bit longer, and the sky starts getting darker and darker. And I finally said to the reporter, "I said we need to go to the airport." So the airport's on the other side of I seventy five. So we went to the airport, and by the time we got there, there were guys running from their vehicles to, to the building, to the administration building, which is a one-story flat building with a flat roof, and it had hurricane shutters on the windows, uh, steel shutters. So we got to the door, and we told them we were reporters, and the guy says, get in. So in we go, and uh, that's where we rode it out. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of our day. Um, I will tell you this, that both the International House of Pancakes building that we had breakfast in and our hotel were blown to smithereens later that day. We were the last people to stay in the Holiday Inn in Punta Gorda, Florida. Uh, the building's roof came off, came off in one piece. It was completely destroyed and uh, by the winds. And uh, I think the International House of Pancakes building was destroyed too, but it, it, they rebuilt it and it's still there. There's another hotel 
in that area where our hotel was. That's all been redeveloped down there. But we were the last ones to stay in that room. Did it, did anybody did anybody page or call you to tell that Charlie had changed direction and No. No, we didn't get any any communication at all. We were on our own. You know, I had a flip you got to remember, no smartphones back then. I had a flip flip phone and a Motorola pager and I and I got no indication from anybody that that this thing was coming at us cuz it it kind of dodge pretty quickly and um the all hurricanes are different some are like katrina that lasts eight hours ten hours churn slowly blow 150 miles an hour and it goes over an eight hour period or longer charlie was compact small compact but violent and it acted like an afternoon thunderstorm like the ones we get here in florida every most every day in the summer and it blew through quickly. That's why there wasn't a lot of flooding with Charlie because it blew through so quick. It didn't uh, churn up the water and bring up, bring up the tide or, or tidal surge like Katrina did in New Orleans over an eight hour period. So that was good, but its winds were violent. And so it blew through Punta Gorda. It was like a four, five hour, most intense thunderstorm you've ever been in with 150 mile an hour gusts so every i remember this every car dealership in downtown punta gorda was blown to smithereens and their cars were flipped over like tinker toys i mean there was a toyota dealership down there there were no camrys left on the lot they were one big mess and glass everywhere i mean punta gorda looked like beirut it was amazing. They're so fortunate more people didn't die in that storm. Uh, what did Charlie sound like in, at the airport? Charlie sounded, Charlie made noises I've never heard before in my life. Uh, growling, howling, uh, creaking, uh, high-pitched noises, because it's blowing so it's so the intensity is so high that it does stuff to, to buildings that I don't think, of course, normally happens. Like walls move, vibrations. Uh, I thought for sure we were going to die. I thought that building was not going to hold because every other hangar building was being torn to smithereens and airplanes and trucks. And uh, there were small airplanes hitting the building we were in like Cessnas and Piper airplanes hitting the building and I thought my god this is going to like blow up we're going to there's going to be an inferno in here and he, so I was hiding in a bathroom underneath a sink and uh, there were maybe 20 or 30 of us in there cops included there were people crying they were wondering if their spouses or their loved ones were alive outside you heard these explosions. Uh, it was claustrophobic. It was hot. I pressed, I remember pressing my face against the tile underneath the sink so I could feel like it was cold. Uh, but the, the sound was unbelievable. I would not wish what I went through that afternoon on my worst enemy. 
It was that bad. Uh, I can I can attest living in fires. I mean, for a while we thought the storm was gonna come either us or maybe downtown. I mean, we were wondering. I mean, our house didn't have a whole bunch of shutters. I think we didn't even have like shutters on like the front window. I mean, it was it would have been. I mean, if there would have been 140 mile an hour winds in our neighborhood, it would have been wrecked. Oh yeah, once a, once one of your windows comes in and the wind can blow in there at that speed, you're toast because your the buildings there's there's a one of the things that happened to us was our ears kept popping, and I said to the one guy, what, "What's this with our you know like when you're landing in an airplane?" And he said, that, "Those are tornadoes around the pressure gradient." inside the building and outside the building is so different that it causes your ears to pop and he goes that's probably because there are multiple tornadoes around and there were there were tornadoes going over our building because when you got outside stuff was twisted in a circle so you could tell it wasn't like the big tornadoes you see in the wizard of oz it were with small ones like we have in florida just dropping down out of this thing uh, and, and you'd see like the woods twisted in a circle. So you knew it was a funnel cloud. And that's, you go, that, that's what he said. He goes, we had multiple tornadoes on the property at the airport. So you knew they were around everywhere. And uh, so we, uh, by the time we got out of there, it was like seven o'clock. I remember like two or three of the cops wanted to light up a cigarette and the guy yelled at him, don't light any cigarettes because there was aviation fuel everywhere. You could smell it. Because, you know, these airplanes were demolished and, they're get, and the gas went all over the place. So these guys had to, like, get away from the airport building, what was left of it, to light up a cigarette. And my, and my reporter friend, his name was Chase Squires, he immediately, what's he do? He immediately steps in a fire ant pile. Oh, and they float no. up his leg. So I went to my car. This was a good story. So I'm like, God, is my car still there? Because my hurricane kit was in my vehicle. It was a red SUV from Tampa International Airport. So I, it was there. It was still in the parking lot. But all the windows were blown out except for the windshield. The, the safety glass had been blown into the car. And the paint on the left-hand side of the vehicle was stripped off from the gravel in the, in the driveway. It acted like a like you had stripped it, and uh, but there was my hurricane kit in the back. So I brushed the safety glass off of it. I opened it up, and I got some aloe vera lotion. This is something you should have in your hurricane kit. And here's a tip one: aloe vera lotion works well on insect stings, including fire ant bites. So I lathered up his leg. He had about fifty bites on his leg. And uh, I lathered up his leg with this aloe vera lotion, which is kind of a clear, cool gel like lotion. And it worked right away. And then I said to him, Are you allergic? Do you get, are you an allergic to like a bee sting? Or, and he said, I don't know. And I said, Okay. Then I went back there and I got a box of extra strength Benadryl. And I had him take three of them. I said, take three of these tablets right now. So he did that. 
and he never got shortness of breath or, because you know if you're alert if you get 50 bites from from fire ants and you're allergic to a bee sting or anything like that man you're going to need an EpiPen or one of but anyway if you can get some benadryl in you that'll alleviate some of it so as someone who's as someone who uh has dealt with fire ants from for yeah. most of my life, I, I, I want no part of those boogers. Well, and you're, you know, we want to survive a hurricane, so do they. So what do fire ants do in a flood? And there's been pictures of this. Fire ants, they ball up into a big ball so they can flip outside the hive. So, yeah, everybody wants, every, everything wants to survive. Snakes, alligators, fire ants, all those good things that we have in Florida. So everybody goes into survival mode, like yourself. So two things. Conclusion of all of this, two things. One, it's hurricane season right now. Ask yourself this. Do you have a hurricane kit ready to go right now? The answer is no. Then you need to get your butt to the store and buy yourself a nice size container and look up whatever county you live in. I'm sure the county lists things you should have in that hurricane kit. We could list 30 things should be in there and you should have that thing ready to go now, August 1st through Thanksgiving. You should have that kit ready to go at a moment's notice. And number two is, do you know an evacuation route? Say the hurricane is coming to Charlotte County, Lee County. Do you know where you're going to go? Do you know a hotel in Tallahassee to stay? Do you know a hotel in Jacksonville to stay? Do you know a hotel in Atlanta to stay? You should know. You should have them written down on a piece of paper with telephone numbers, and you should be ready to go. And you should always err on the side of caution. All right. So you leave Lee County. You Say you live on Sanibel. You leave. And you say, okay, I'm going to Tallahassee. You stay in a hotel in Tallahassee and the thing all of a sudden doesn't hit Leak County, doesn't hit Sanibel. All right, so it costs you two or 300 bucks for your stay and gasoline to get up there. So what? You erred on the side of caution. Would you rather be hanging out on Sanibel with a Cat 4 coming at you? Because guess what? The Lee County Sheriff's Office is not coming to save your butt. You're on your own. So rather err on the side of caution yeah or if you're in hanging and you were and you foolish and you stayed behind thinking oh the storm's not going to hit here and yeah it didn't yeah it didn't hit me but i know i made the right call and evacuating my place three feet above sea level thinking oh crap charlie's going to hit here but yeah. well, here's the thing, you know, Charlie was 17 years ago. Think about now how many more people have moved into the state of Florida who have never been through anything like that. They don't know, believe me, they don't know what could happen. And they have no clue about, I didn't really, I mean, I had lived in Florida for years before that. And I didn't, up until that day, really understand how powerful Mother Nature can be. I know it now. Believe me, I know it now. And I'm lucky that I was able to exit that building with 25 other people. 
that day. So I'm going to err on the side of caution. Now I'm retired now, so I have no excuse to hang around Pinellas County for any of this. I don't want to be part of the show. No more. So that's my advice. Is Tampa ready? Is Tampa ready for Major Hurricane? Because we, you and I both know. No, no I mean they're, they're not ready. In that, are the people ready? I mean, you have trouble right now telling people to get a vaccine for a pan for for a, a coronavirus. Some people won't do it. Just like a hurricane, some people are not going to leave, and it's unfortunate because, you know. You're on your own. That's all I can say. You're on your own in this world. So you got to make wise, wise choices. And it's always better to err on the side of caution. So there you go. Yeah, no, there's going to be people. If, if a Charlie-type storm hit Pinellas County or Hillsborough County, it would be really, really bad. Um, no doubt. Um. What a, because I, I've seen videos and like read articles and stuff and saying, saying that a cat four, heaven knows a cat five, could bring as much as 200 billion to the Tampa St. Pete area. Am I crazy? Could it be more? Now, think about the development that's gone on since 17 years. Let's just use Hurricane Charlie as the marker. Think about the development that's going on since then. Think about the number of people that would clog the roads. I mean, there was a woman in Charlie that got blown off, I believe, blown off I-75, just one, fortunately, or unfortunately for her, she was blown off of I-75 in her car and killed. That could easily happen with clogged roads. You know, people that decide to go at the last minute and uh, get get caught in um, traffic jams. Oh, and let's let's talk about this too. Uh, do you have extra gas cans to so you have enough fuel to get out of here? I mean, that's another thing. The gasoline pumps don't work when there's no electricity, and they run out of fuel because people start hoarding it, and, uh, and then all of a sudden you're you know. You're trying to get out of Tampa Bay and there's no fuel and you're in Chiefland, Florida on US-19 and there's no gas. So, again, there's those type of issues. So if you leave three, two, three days ahead of that, when you see the storm, you know, south of us and you just say, I'm out of here. If I live in a condo out by St. Pete Beach, I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to risk this. You know, if it's a huge storm and we're coming into the period right now where you get the huge storm. Two weeks either side of Labor Day is ground zero for me, in my mind. Now, I think, I think maybe that our hurricane seasons can be expanding because the Gulf of Mexico is getting warmer and warmer. And the warmer it is, the more jet fuel you have to throw on the fire. So there you go. I mean, we can debate global warming all we want, but we do know that these storms are increasing in frequency and intensity. So I'm following the science. Everybody likes to live near the Gulf of Mexico. It's beautiful most of the year, but there's this 90-day period where all hell can break loose. So you got to be ready. 
I mean, and you, you know, people are naturally procrastinate. They don't, oh, I'll put the hurricane kit. What's that? I'll put it off for another month. I'm not even going to think about that. I'm sure that goes on. And then right, they panic right when, you know, Jim Cantore on the Weather Channel says, uh-oh, Florida, you better watch out. And then everybody starts, that is not the time to run to, to uh, Walmart. The time to do it is now. Well, and guess what? This weekend, we got a little tropical storm heading our way. So good time, good fire drill. Yeah, good, good, good scrimmage. Good scrimmage for, yeah, the playoffs. Where would, where would Tampa rank on the America's higher hurricane-prone city list? Uh, almost number one because uh, it, it, it had because of the gradual shelf in the Gulf of Mexico. These storms uh, can push tremendous amounts of water into Tampa Bay and do extensive flooding. The last one that I think did that kind of damage was. 1920 or 1921 it was around that october was wiped out wiped out uh there was 10 to 15 to 20 feet of water in downtown tampa and so the worst case scenario for tampa bay is a landfall hurricane just north of clearwater like the tarpon springs area because that would put that would put the main uh uh heavy area pushing water into Tampa Bay right off the Pinellas, southern Pinellas County coast. That would be a cat three, four, or five entering Tarpon Springs would be an absolute utter disaster for Tampa Bay. No doubt. In many ways, I think Tampa and New York City are very similar because they both share continental shelves. They both have areas where those men have be hit to the south, north, east, west side. You're going to have all kinds of surge, and I look at I look at Tampa's got a whole bunch of oil refinery, and McDill Air Force Base is not that high. If you get a 20 foot surge in McDill, that place like could be like rich. That. No. that place that place could be like what uh, Panama's what could be like what Panama City was after Michael. Yes. They, I mean, there would be so much water inundation in South Tampa, it would be crazy. Davis Island, all that. I mean, it would be, Tampa General Hospital sits, what, two feet, three feet above sea level? It would be in big trouble. Oh, and let's throw in, just for good measure, this year, COVID. <sighs> that in there. And the Delta variant. So not only would you have that, so, you know, want to pack everybody into a shelter so you better have masks and get your get your vaccine (laughs) so we're going to have a cat five hurricane in the middle of a COVID pandemic mother nature doesn't give a hoot in hell about your politics or anything else it's going to do what it's going to do yeah and everybody, everybody good luck so you better have your granola bars and your bottled water and your vaccine and your uh, aloe vera lotion all in a nice kit and make sure you have enough food to last a week or two i can tell you oh and don't forget a manual can opener because that's how you open tuna fish cans (laughs) and forks and you can i lived up for a week on tuna fish granola bars uh power bars bottled water 
brush my teeth using my side view mirror, my car. <laughs> Boy Scout camp. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's that's that's the thing. You know, I have this area of a lot of different social economic groups, and so there's the potential for. Unfortunately, there's the potential for looting and violence. You know, good Lord, our society is so gunned up these days that there's going to be a lot of people standing outside their home with guns. They have that. And people are going to get irritable because guess what? Air conditioning is off. So it's hotter than hell and humid. I, You know, I think sometimes the, it's worse after the storm. Because then you have guys walking around tanked up on Taps Blue Ribbon with chainsaws. So it really turns into a Carl Hyacinth novel. Hey, hey, at least the only good news with a hurricane is that, is that the youngins won't be on TikTok anymore. No, there'll be no, there'll be no cell phone service for a couple of days. No, you, your phone will be useless in the, in the disaster zone. It was during Charlie. All the cell phone towers went down. Oops. So, yeah, exactly. It is a challenge, let me tell you. And it was hotter than hell, humid. Uh, everybody was on edge. Not a pretty place to be. Yeah. Oh, and don't Go have ahead. rolls of toilet paper with you. Oh, no. Oh, not again. Not that. Anything oh, yeah. but TP. Present <laughs> uh, rolls of toilet paper in that hurricane kit is a good addition. Oh, and also let me uh, let me just say this: we have about a dozen. No, what do we have now? Eight battery-operated fans, little handheld fans, because no air conditioning, but, and but you'd like some air blowing on your face, so they run on two D batteries. So we have about eight of them. I said four for my wife, four for me. And we have enough D batteries to run those suckers for two weeks. Actually, we actually, we got an air, con we got an extra air, con backup air conditioning system that can be, that the generator can use. Beautiful. Well, you're all set. Hey, you should, if you have a generator, again, you know, people are stupid and they put gasoline generators inside their house and they end up you know getting it put, put it out put it outside <laughs> put it outside the garage and some people will run you know in either a small air portable air conditioning unit or the refrigerator off the generator see that's the other thing people forget so you've loaded up your your um refrigerator from Publix or Winn-Dixie or wherever and uh power goes off uh-oh, now we got to use up all the food. Uh, unless you've got really good ice chests, you can put some of your food in. But some people are away, and that was a problem in Punta Gorda. They lost power for, you know, a week or two, and you had all these houses with rotting food in the refrigerator. And there were actually some refrigerators. The, it builds up a gas in the refrigerator, and they blew up. They, like, blew the door off. And it was disgusting. So you've got food rotting issues as well after the storm, depending on how quickly they can get the power back on. So you really need to, uh, you really need for yourself to have foods you can eat out of a can that are non-perishable. 
Like I always get, I said, the, a good thing to have is the little cans of chocolate pudding. They're in a tin can. You pull the top off. Stuff like that that doesn't go bad. Uh, pet milk, uh, um, beef jerky, all that kind of stuff that you can live on. Little peaches that don't need to be in containers that don't need to be refrigerated that you can eat. Uh, because, you know, guess what? All the grocery stores are closed because they don't have any refrigeration. So you really have to think of it as kind of in a like Armageddon in a way temporary armageddon uh and 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 that how what am i gonna do to survive say for two weeks without any power unless you're completely out of the area and you just take a two-week vacation and you know you don't have to come back now hopefully you don't have anything left in your refrigerator that's going to spoil but uh maybe you maybe you drove up to thomasville georgia and and Tampa Bay's like a big mess and you're just going to hang out up there or up in Tennessee somewhere in your friend's log cabin uh, and then hang out and then come back after some of the mayhem is through. So now there's all different plans, but it's good to have a plan like that to think it through in your head. Yeah. Let's just hope, let's just hope Fred and the whatever Potential tropical cyclone ninety five don't turn into the next shoulder. Thanks for hopping on, Scott. Yeah. You're welcome.